Welcome to the Nonprofit Answers Podcast, where you find answers to your marketing and fundraising questions. You will learn how to raise more money to help more people. And now your host, Jeremy Rice. Event fundraising can be a very powerful way for your organization to raise money. At Food for the Hungry, we use events to raise tens of millions of dollars every year. So event fundraising isn't as easy as it sounds. You can't simply prop up a booth at an event and expect to raise a lot of income. Today's question is, how do we actually do it? This organization has done that. They've propped up booths at events and has not seen the kind of income that they had hoped and desired from them. And so they're asking the question of what do they do next? So I walk through the what do they do next? And it's a mistake that a lot of us make is this kind of sponsorship expecting a return without taking the proper steps to get that return. I'm going to walk through exactly what we do to get a great return on the investment into event fundraising. Hi, thanks so much for taking my question. My name is Rhonda and I have a question about event fundraising. I work for a water charity. We provide wells and access to clean water in five countries in Africa. We've been testing fundraising at events and haven't seen much success. We've been sponsoring and setting up a booth, but aren't getting very many new donors. Any suggestions? Fundraising events offer you so much as a nonprofit. There's so much opportunity to reach people in an emotional way that drives them to make a decision to donate to your organization. At Food for the Hungry, we've used fundraising events to drive you know, hundreds of thousands of people to make a donation decision, many of them monthly donors. It's a fabulous way to reach an audience, especially an audience that has a direct affinity to your cause and to what you're trying to promote. This is a great question about how do we really engage people and how do we make the most of our investment into an event? And what I'm going to talk about today uh, works for events that you're producing or events that you're sponsoring. There's some key fundamentals that if you don't get these things as a part of your sponsorship, then you're probably not going to reach the goals that you want to reach for the event. So the big question is, is what are you looking for out of the event? What's the goal for what you're trying to accomplish fundraising at this event? If your goal is simply brand awareness, then a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is uh, not really necessary. But for most of us at nonprofits, we don't have enough money for simply brand awareness and promoting ourselves at an event so people see our name. What you're really looking for is you're looking for a commitment. It might be that you're looking for people to volunteer at your organization. It might be that you're looking for people to donate at your organization. It might be that you're looking for people to donate monthly at your organization. And in that case, uh, in all these situations, what you're looking for is an emotional connection to the audience so that they will then make the decision to convert in one of the ways that you're asking for. And so as you begin to explore sponsoring an event, let's talk about uh, not an event that you produce because you can control a lot of those facets and, and what I'm talking about today will be under your control and you'll be able to apply those things directly. Let's talk through what you're looking for if you're sponsoring an event. What are the details that you should be asking for as a part of your contract to sponsor an event? Because I can tell you that a lot of us are making a mistake when we sponsor an event. And I'm going to tell you up front what that mistake is. That mistake is that you sponsor an event, you stick up a booth at the event like any other sponsor, and you expect a return. And you're not going to get one. And I know, I know, 
you go to events and you see these people, these organizations put these booths up, and then you think this must work. I mean, these, these other organizations, these stores, these wearable providers, these whatever it might be, they've got people around them. They've got people in line. You know, the, these people are our people. Uh, these people have an affinity for our cause. They fit our demographic profile. So if we just stick up a booth here, then they're going to naturally have a giving heart, want to come over, engage with us. We can talk to them one-on-one and we can convert them. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Uh, you might get a few monthly donors, you get might get a few people involved, but the kind of return that you're looking for from an event will not happen if you simply stick a booth up at something that you're sponsoring. You need stage time, and you don't need just a little stage time. You need a lot of stage time. And what I'm going to tell you might shock you. What I'm going to tell you, you might think, no way. A, no way they're going to do that. And B, there's no way that that much stage time is going to get the results that you're talking about. But I'm telling you, after many years, many events, I can tell you from the perspective of Food for the Hungry and the things that we've done, that what I'm telling you is what you must do in order to be successful at an event, especially if you're going after monthly donors. And really, that's where it's at. That's where you can afford the expense that it's going to cost you to get the big time stage time. So if you're able to convert monthly donors and keep them. And so you're going to need stage time because this is a crucial part of what you're trying to accomplish. Really, the conversion, it's all in the appeal from stage. So you might have some questions. How long should the appeal take? What do you say during the appeal? How do you handle that call to action? Should we use a video? Giving is about the feeling and the emotions that come from a story being told from your pitch person. So let's go through the basics of an outline of a good appeal. First, you need to tell an emotional story that a person in the audience can connect to. And what the story should be is a story of one person or beneficiary that your organization has helped that that person in the audience will connect to. This emotional story, you know, we, t- we talk a lot about this in across all of the different aspects of fundraising. You know, we call it the story of the one. It's story of somebody that your audience can connect to. And the point of the story is to illustrate a single beneficiary, a single person or a single family that your organization has helped and demonstrate to the person hearing it that they can help too, that they can connect to this person in your story. And when they make this connection, that they can feel like they can be the person that helps that other person as well. So this emotional story is an extremely important part of the appeal. You cannot be up on stage talking about the organization and how old it is and how much money you raised and how many people you help a year. And all, all of these are great things, but they aren't things that alone are going to connect someone to your mission and let them convert the way that you want them to convert. Second, now that you've told the story of this one person that the donor can connect to, you want to connect the monthly amount. Let's assume that you're going after a monthly donation. You want to connect that monthly amount to what it will accomplish. As an example, let's say that you're a medical charity and you're talking about one young man named Juan that you helped in Guatemala. And this one young man had a, he's a child and had a medical condition that needed antibiotics. And because of these antibiotics that uh, Juan was helped and that if the donor then provides these antibiotics at $30 a month, that they're going to help 30 kids just like Juan. And so you want to connect that monthly amount to what the donor is actually going to do, which is uh, connected to that story of the one person that they're going to help. 
when they hear that connection, then it's going to allow them to convert because they're going to feel the emotional connection to Juan and they're going to then see what their monthly donation is actually going to do. Third, you want to connect the monthly gift to someone like the beneficiary that you told the story about. And so, like I said, uh, $30 a month provides 30 antibiotics to children just like one. And so that connection of you're telling them what the $30 is going to do, and now you're connecting them to uh, the beneficiary like one that they're going to help. Now you're going to ask the person to make a difference. It's a very important part of the appeal. If you tell the story, you tell what the money's going to go to, you tell, you make that connection between the monthly amount and the actual beneficiary. And then if you don't actually ask the person to give, you're not going to make the conversion. And so in this, um, you're going to ask the person to make the conversion and, and you can't uh, be meek about this. I heard a, an appeal several years ago. It was at a church and it was for child sponsorship. Uh, it wasn't my organization. It was uh, a smaller organization, not one you would have heard of. And the appeal speaker got up on stage and talked a good bit. And then when he landed the appeal, he said, and so if you want to help, there's a sign up form in the lobby and you can just go out and sign up. And that was just not a great way to end the appeal. It felt so bad because the appeal was actually pretty decent. They had a video, um, they talked about a child, they talked about how people could help. And then the appeal landed uh, just with a thud. It was not impactful at all. So you need to be impactful. You need to ask the person to make a difference in a child like Juan. You need to ask the person to commit. You know, there's an old cliche in fundraising where you ask people to give up a coffee and coffee a day and it's, you know, make up. The, you don't need to do that. You can say, you know, what we did, you know, when we decided to give was, you know, we uh, we still have that coffee every day. But what we decided to do was we looked at our budget and we said we can help at $40 a month, as an example. We can help at $40 a month. All we need to do is tweak here and tweak there. We need to not go to Chick-fil-A one time in the month, and bam, we've just uh, given $40 to help a child in need, and that $40 is going to make a huge difference in the life of that child. And so what I'm asking you today is to give up that Chick-fil-A and make room in your budget for that child, because when you make room in your budget for that child, you're making a difference that's far more impactful and far more reaching than that single meal that you're going to eat. And so there's ways to, to ask people to give that money that they'll be able to easily connect with, they'll be able to see that in their life, and then they'll be able to donate because they know that that small little bit that they're giving is going to make a huge difference in the life of that beneficiary. The fifth step, explain how to sign up. Most likely you've got uh, registration cards that they're going to fill out. What we do is we've got volunteers in an arena or in the facility and they're holding up the packets for sign up and they're going and handing them with a pen to the person that's going to sign up. This way you're not asking people to come out and line up. When you ask people to queue, then people are, they're going to not do it. And so what you want is both stage time and you want the ability to hand out these packets so you're going to take time to explain to them how to fill out the form, how to sign up, how easy it is to complete it, and then you're going to tell them to do it right then. Next uh, and last, you're going to reinforce the ask. So you're going to reconnect back to that original story that you told, 
and you're going to reinforce the fact that they need to do this now. The best appeal speakers are going to look out into the audience and they're going to see uh, those hands being raised when they ask for it for volunteers to hand the packets and they're going to get a good judgment call on how much of the audience has raised their hands and they're going to be able to then say it's not enough yet and they're going to continue their appeal and they're going to continue making this pitch until they've got the right number of hands up. The booth isn't there to grab a cold audience. The booth is there for people to turn the packets in at, to ask questions at, to come out. And if you're doing child sponsorship, as an example, to see other children they can sponsor. If you're not doing child sponsorship, for them to be able to come out and connect with you or connect with your volunteers and ask questions that they need answered in order to make that decision. People are gonna have questions and that's what the booth is there for. If you're using the booth without stage time, without an appeal, or with very little stage time, like two to five minutes, then that booth is not going to be able to convert a cold audience. You're not going to convince someone to sign up at your booth. The emotional connection is just not going to be there. As I mentioned earlier, one of the questions that you might have is, you know, how much time does that appeal take? The best appeals are 15 to 20 minutes long. You might think that's a lot. What we do is, you know, a lot of our events are musical events. And what we do is often we'll bring a musical artist along who will serve as kind of an MC for the night. And so prior to the appeal, they will have seen this person up there speaking, uh, introducing you know the opening act, introducing the main act. So they'll already have some connection with the person that's an appeal speaker. Oftentimes the appeal speaker is a musician himself or herself. They'll play a song as a part of the appeal. This is a, an opportunity for them to connect with the audience in a way that the audience trusts them, that they see the connection between that speaker and the main act that they came to see, and that, that they then desire to give when that speaker does the appeal and speaks to them. So you might think 15 to 20 minutes is a long time. It's really not when you get down to it. And that's the amount of time that it really takes to get the conversion rate that you're looking for. Another question I mentioned at the beginning was, should we use a video as a part of our appeal? I've seen videos very effectively used as a part of appeals, and I've seen appeals done without video that are also very effective. And so it really depends, and I know that's a, you might think that's a cop-out answer, and it's not. It really depends on the appeal itself, um, the connection between the artist or the event host or the reason for the event, and um, the cause. So a few years ago, we did a women's event and we sent a group of the leadership to visit our work in the field. And so they got to go see. And so we took a videographer along and produced a video for the event that showed these women in leadership that were in the field seeing the work. And so you might have something like that where you can make a connection between the people that the audience trusts and the work that you are promoting and the cause that you are promoting. And so in those cases, videos can be very effective. And I've seen situations where a speaker can stand up and get eight to 10% of the room to convert to become monthly donors without a video. And so it really depends on the event. It depends on who's speaking, on what connection they have to the audience and how you can connect the reason that the audience is there, the event they're at, how you can connect that to the cause so that it's uh, primed for the best conversion. So what are the roles at an event? So typically you have the speaker who I already mentioned and talk about that speaker. Their role is to present about the organization, to make a call to action for people to convert. At smaller events, um, the speaker might also serve other roles uh, at the event. But you know, if it's a larger event, then you're probably going to have a speaker that that's their job is to speak. You're going to have a, um, a person who's 
job it is to coordinate um, all of the volunteers, all of the events happening, coordinate the booth setup, coordinate getting the speaker where the speaker needs to go. That person is your organization's representative, uh, might be a staff member, might be a hired contractor, but might actually be you know someone that's part of the tour that has another job, but they also have the job of being this uh, you know central person that answers the questions and get things done. Sometimes at smaller events, as I mentioned, the speaker could also be your representative. Oftentimes you'll have people working your volunteer booths. Sometimes these are staff, sometimes these are volunteers. Um, and then you'll have volunteers within the um, arena that uh, if it's a larger event, they'll be handing out sign-up packets that will be answer questions. They'll have pens available that will be doing these things. So one of the questions I keep talking about sign-up packets, one of the questions that might arise is, should we do digital sign-up versus paper sign up and you know digital sign up everyone has their phone with them there's some downsides to using phones uh, entirely for sign up one is that you might not have a connection in the arena i've been to many events where your connection is spotty at best and sometimes not available at all you might have a situation where you know people um, some people can connect and some people can't and they are going to abandon and they won't come back the, yeah i would not recommend that you say you know text this number and then you know at home you can convert because they won't you want the conversion to happen at the event or it's not likely to happen that'd be a good note for your packets as well you don't want those things to leave the arena the sign up packets when people say they're going to go home and think about the decision it's most likely a no so you just need to be cautious about conversion points it should happen at the event and not at home the other um, thing about digital sign up is in our testing is that even you know, younger audiences, paper sign up, your conversion rate will often be much higher than digital sign up by several percentage points. And so it could mean at a larger event that you, know, you have 100, 200, 300 people that you miss by relying only on digital sign up and not having paper. We know paper's old fashioned, but paper works really well to convert people because they're converting right there on site. So those are uh, the points that I wanted to bring to your question about events and some of the things that you might be doing right, some of the things you might be doing wrong uh, with your events, and how do you best position your organization so that you can get the highest conversion rate possible and achieve what you want to achieve. Thanks for your question. Really appreciate it. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nonprofit Answers Podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting service. Your rating and review will help other nonprofit professionals find this podcast to get their nonprofit questions answered. Thanks again.